This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Joanna, what do we have coming up in entertainment news? HBO Max has temporarily removed Gone with the Wind from its library on Tuesday. An HBO Max spokesperson says that Gone with the Wind will eventually return to the platform with a discussion about its historical context and a denouncement of its racist depictions. But they haven't said how long it's going to be gone. No, they haven't said how long. So I'm assuming it's going to be kind of like in Disney Plus. Where they have, like, they didn't really edit the, out Like, things. tobacco depictions, like how it says it on the upper left hand. Right, and it'll say, like, this was in a different time, or this depicts this type of stuff. I'm assuming that's what's going to end up happening with Gone with the Wind. But it will be back on HBO Max, eventually. But do we need to, I mean, I, I guess we do need to kind of point that out at this point, right? Right. So. And say, oh, yeah. hey, by the way, like this did take place in a different time. I mean, it's better that than just saying, oh, we can't have this at all. It's like taking books out of schools. Where right. it's like, oh, well, we, we don't like what this book says now. Well, mm-hmm. but the, but the I, whole I think, point is the education of it, right? Well, and, th- and that's what people are saying. Like, there's a lot of people who are saying that it's one thing to say, Oh well, I don't. I you know I'm going to shield my kid from this conversation, or I'm not going to discuss it with them. And it's like, well, no, you have that privilege of doing that, and other people don't. Like uh, in the black community, they're saying, no, we can't do that. We have to start explaining it to them because this is something we need to know. Hattie McDaniel won um, an Oscar for her, I think it was Best Supporting Actress yes. in Gone with the Wind, and but she wasn't allowed to sit with anybody from the movie. She wasn't, no. She had to sit on the balcony and when she went up to accept her award for MGM, um, they gave her a script and said, this is what you're going to say when you accept this award. And instead, she went against them and decided to say her own speech. Good for her. But she even said, you know, I hope that this role and my acting, you know, I show that I am an asset to my race and to the acting community. So I, I think it would be almost a disservice to Hattie McDaniel to take that movie off in general. I think that right. her role, because she was such a groundbreaker in the acting community, by the way, watch They Gotta Have Us on Netflix. They go real into detail with this. It's amazing. But, <laughs> you know, she is, she, I remember her when I was little because I loved her. She was in all the Shirley Temple movies and, you know, I thought she was such a great actress. And But just learning about this too, with like you learn, you know, she has a very important role because she was a groundbreaker in Hollywood and people did she did get a lot of criticism uh, from her community because the black community was telling her like well you're being a stereotypical you know you're doing all these roles as a maid or you know you're not pushing it but in reality the fact that she was even getting hired to do these acting roles was so groundbreaking in itself so I think that they should bring it back Um, but yeah but a no, little definitely. asterisk. The, the the removal was actually in response to a petition made by screenwriter John Ridley, who did 12 Years a Slave. And he says that, he well, he suggested that after a respectful amount of time has passed, the film be reintroduced to HBO Max, along with other films that give a more broad-based and complete picture of what slavery and the Confederacy truly were. Do you think this is a positive step where we're actually finally starting to make this turn of rather than let's Let's be an ostrich and stick our head in the sand and 
act like this never happened. Right. As opposed it's more to like, let's be aware of what really happened. Let's not sugarcoat it. And let's this. let's talk about it. Let's realize, hey, this mm-hmm. was, you know, there are aspects here that were not positive. These right. were not good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like growing up, uh, you know, I, I remember the history books even when I was a kid in the 80s. It would gloss over a lot of the really, pretty much all the negative stuff about the right. United States. It was like, oh, yeah, we're number one. We're great. And it was like, well, this is kind of what we were built on. Um, so it's really not that good. Then you get to college and you have that one teacher that's like Joe Exotic. Listen here, mother effort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just laying it down, really man, happened. and telling you exactly how it was going down. <laughs> but that, I mean, but but I think that, that this is a that, it's a positive step. I think some Definitely people will look is. at it and they'll be like, oh, I can't believe right. they have to do this. Well, Don't look at the comment section of like Variety or Hollywood Reporter. Uh, comment sections on the of- internet are arguably the worst, except for ours on Facebook. If you want to <laughs> head over there, because we can, we can handle that. Like if there's negative people over there. Yeah, you get the old heave-ho. We'll just give you the boot. Uh, but the Facebook stream is up and going. If you want to check us out, head on over to Buzz Adams Morning Show over on Facebook. If you expand the video, the chat will pop up over on the right-hand side. We do have the podcasts. I think we're still on hiatus from Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, unfortunately. Yeah. There is a way to access them, though. You just have to go to KLAQ.com. That's our flagship station. If you head on over there, click Listen Live. And then over on the right-hand side of the page, you'll see a link that says the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Joanna is getting them done. They're there. They're just not in the normal spots right now. They will eventually go back up on all those podcasting platforms. And it's pretty simple. We just changed how we upload the podcast, which then meant we need to go through the approval process all over again, unfortunately. Also, coming up later today, I think I'm going to do it a little bit earlier. It'll be 10.30 Mountain Time, 11.30 Central Time. It's the After Buzz. been doing them for my house, and um, I think the wife is going to be joining me again today for the After Buzz. So we got a big show lined up today, and including an After Buzz after the show as well. And it's Wednesday, if, in case you need to know that. Do we still need to inform people what day it is, considering the fact that we are, uh, you know, most people still maybe just staying at home at this point. So we'll just remind you that it is Wednesday. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. So do you want to know how out of it I've been this morning? How? 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 There you we forgot go. to Sorry. turn my microphone on? Yeah, that's how out of it I've been. <laughs> I've been drinking my tumbler full of just hot water for an hour. You didn't realize there was no tea in it? Yeah. Until about 10 minutes ago. Nice. <laughs> this is the most flavorless tea yeah. I've ever had. I'm like, oh my God, I got the Rona. <laughs> I lost my taste buds. <laughs> hey man, today was Strugs to Funk for sure. Yeah. Right. I, I walked in here and the first thing I did, I told Joanna, I'm like, I can't. The allergies. She goes, oh my gosh. I'm like, I brought They've allergy. They've been pills. brutal, right? Well, and yesterday. You, you too? Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday we did yoga at my friend's house and we all did it. We do it all because she has a really nice uh, front yard. So we're all outside and the entire time sitting here, I'm thinking, I'm going to have the worst allergies. Like, I can already feel it. And my eyes were already itching and just, ugh. I saw a skunk, though. Never seen one of those before. Really? Never seen one. I see them quite frequently because we live near in Arroyo and it's right on the main one of the main roads as I'm coming into work and I see them you want to see something that's actually a little bit uh, terrifying when you're driving at 3 o'clock in the morning 
a skunk running away from you looks so damn creepy on the road. <laughs> and I see them quite frequently. Actually, I, I just saw one a couple of days ago, come to think of it. And you, and unfortunately, you will see them after they've been hit by cars. Oh, on no, this one was, you'll see them, well. you'll smell it. She lives right on the golf course. So you just, I just saw a skunk. And I rolled him over and I'm like, you guys, it's a skunk. And they're like, <laughs> we, yeah, we see it. If we see it, Lisa. I'm like, okay. But I want to go pet it. <laughs> I got really excited. What's the worst that could happen? Coronavirus is still a thing. It has not completely gone away. And I got a feeling it's not going to be going away for a while. You guys expect the second wave to be hitting here shortly? I think it already is. Like we're kind of like we're at the beginning of a second wave, Uh if you will. I haven't even really looked at the numbers. I've been too busy dealing with other things. It has been. Look at the numbers. Yeah, it has been intense. Uh, I have. Oh, here's Tuesdays. Tuesdays update. Two more deaths. In the city in in which we live. Yes. Uh, Male in his 70s. Male in his 80s. Underlying health conditions. Total number is now to 93. 59 new cases on Tuesday. We had... Yeah, we have 59 new cases on yesterday. They just, they send so many. I don't know which. I know. Well, I'm looking at the overall numbers here for the state of Texas. It looks like we have 1,853 deaths, 51,000... 51, just over 51,000 recovered, 71, 77, just over 77,000 confirmed cases. In the United States, we are up to 114,000 deaths. Yeah, the numbers just continue to go up. But like I said, the thing that's frustrating for me is everyone's saying, oh, well, this is the peak from after Memorial Day. We don't know because yeah. I know at least four people right now who are still waiting to get their test results back. One is on a month, a month since he got his testing done. It defeats the point. And he still hasn't heard back. So this whole, oh, it, this is from Memorial Day. You don't know because there's a lot of people out there who still haven't gotten their results. And it's frustrating, too, because a lot of them, um, they can't go back to work until they get their results back. So these yeah. people are basically waiting, trying to go back to their jobs, but they can't because they can't get their testing. And so I don't know if it's a like something that's wrong with the the Walmart testing sites or the the city the city testing sites or what it is, but there's just there's some people it's you know four of them went all together and the last one to win, she was the first one to get her results back. The other one got her results back I think like a week later and then two more are still waiting and then I the two other people that I know are on a month already nothing I'm a message I think one of the things that we should be looking more at obviously also is the hospitalizations I think that's a better number Mm -hmm. because looking at at the, the confirmed cases you aren't sure who was able to be tested before or how many people were out there that weren't tested that actually had it, that were spreading it around. But we do have some other stories. We have some good stories that are coming out of this coronavirus outbreak. A group of British scientists who've been working on a vaccine have now set up their own company to distribute it, to distribute it if it works. It's so that they don't have to rely on drug companies, which will make it as cheap as possible. What was that? What's Pharma Pharma douche's name? Oh, Martin Shkreli. Mark, yeah. Is it Shkreli? Is that what it was? Yeah. The guy that bought the Wu Tang album. Yeah. What a jerk. 
A school district in South Carolina is making sure its students don't go hungry this summer. They launched a new program this week that offers free groceries for families who need them all summer long. Uh, A children's book. uh, No, I'm sorry. A children's book author named Rob Bidulph, as I'm guessing how you say the last name, B-I-D-D-U-L-P-H. He's been offering free art lessons on YouTube during the pandemic, and he just set a world record for the largest online art class. He was trying to get 10,000 people to sign on at once. How many do you think he ended up getting? How many? 45,000. Oh, wow. He was only shooting for 10. He got 45,000. And another solid story here coming out of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. A newspaper delivery guy in New Jersey named Greg Daly. He was in the news a few months ago when he offered to go grocery shopping for seniors on his route. Free of charge. He started in late March and now there's been an update since then. He's made over 500 trips to the store for more than 120 people. Started with a customer who was looking to get her paper closer to her house because she was afraid to go out to the street. A couple days later, I happened to be standing in a supermarket. I called her, asked if she needed anything. The next couple days, I decided you know, she can't be alone. As I delivered to three adult communities. So I put out a note to all 800 of my customers. If there's anything you need, I'm happy to go shop for it and deliver it to your home for free. Good for that guy. That's great. And how perfect is the name Greg Daly in working for the newspaper? And we also have some crazy stories here. Some not so serious stories that have come out of the coronavirus outbreak. A hug is safer than shaking hands when it comes to spreading coronavirus. This is according Mm -hmm. to a virologist in Belgium. I guess it kind of makes sense. It depends on how close you're hugging. But you're not going to really... I think the big thing is if somebody touches their mouth or nose and then they go to shake your hand. That's like, bam, direct contact. Since lots of people went for long stretches without driving their cars, there's been an increase in rats and other animals making nests under their hoods and causing serious damage. I would imagine to the car and to the animals. Oh, I remember my dad had this horrible story. I mean, I was a baby. He was going to the store for something for me. I was maybe a couple of weeks old. And my parents had a cat and it was it was cold out. And the cat was sleeping up inside the engine because it was warm in there. Oh no. It didn't survive. Oh no. <gasps> Started it right up. And that is why I'm a big advocate of tap tapping the hood. Yeah, remember that when uh, whenever it gets cold, that is one of those oh, things that they, they say to do frequently is especially if you're parked outside make sure that you're you're just giving it a tap to wake up whatever might be in there i mean luckily i'm super loud anyways throwing things in my car they'd be like oh what is, oh she's up run lisa the alarm clock yeah uh, a distillery in australia had to recall one of its brands of gin after they realized the bottles were actually full of uh-oh water hand sanitizer oh oh and you can't tell the difference sometimes I got some hand sanitizer from a distillery, and it smells like tequila. 
says here the gin bottles were actually filled with hand sanitizer containing 1.45% glycerol and 0.125% hydrogen peroxide. A spokesman for the Apollo Bay Distillery said one woman had reported feeling nauseous after consuming the hand sanitizer, but had since recovered. The bottles were incorrectly labeled and had no seal. The, the spokesperson says, we, we understand they are toxic. Oh, uh -oh. I'm sorry, that was... Do you remember me talking right now about the person who got tested a month ago? Um, yes. That's who's on update? the phone right now. Oh, gotcha. All right, well, let's take this. I just got to gotta turn off my sounds. Remember when this, this would happen to Buzz? Because <laughs> it was my Skype. And I, just, I, and I had I wrote, it turned on right now. Yeah, I wrote, tell Brandon. Then I hear, bloop. I'm like, thanks, Joanna. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to leave him on hold here. Joe joins us this morning. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, guys. How are you all, man? Fantastic. So you had hey, a Papa Joe. a month ago? Hi, good morning. Actually, it's been like five weeks now. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. And did they give yeah. you any kind of an update, anything? Well, they gave us the, the phone number and the website to, I guess, to get back to them in case we hadn't heard from them. But I've tried many times... And all I get is like a um, answering machine, and I get a response on text saying that there's like a delay in the results. But damn, it's already been five weeks. Wow. Where did you go? Now, did you go? Because I've heard some people have gone to the Walmart. Some of them gone to, I think, the state or National Guard. Which one did you go to? Yeah, we went to the National Guard. It was that uh, TXCOVIDTest.org. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we drove out to some fire. It was like a fire station out there in Socorro. Okay. So you drive into like a hangar, and so they do the test there. But yeah, it was all like military personnel there, but still having her back. And are they giving you any sort of an update, anything at all? Nothing. Are you being prevented from working because of this? No, okay. no. We went because uh, they were offering them. So I mean, for free. So we we wanted to do it because we had been out in public. So we just wanted to be sure. But I think it's like. Irrelevant, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's completely defeated the point because, you know, within five weeks, you would have recovered. I mean, did you feel sick at all? No, we didn't. We didn't have symptoms. We told them that, too. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. going to tell you right now, Joe, chances are you didn't have it. I'm just throwing it out there for you. <laughs> I think uh, I think yeah, it's safe to say that we're good. I mean, yeah, five weeks is kind of insane. And that's what I've been hearing a lot, too, is people have been calling or emailing like they're supposed to. And they're just hurt. All they're hearing back is, oh, well, there's a delay in the results. Just I mean, getting the runaround kind of. Yeah, that's exactly what we're getting. Yeah. Huh. Delay. Oh, well. <laughs> well, I mean, at least you're safe. At least you don't think you have anything. And But, I mean, if you did, that's going to be really unfortunate for everyone you've been around for five weeks. Right. No, at this point, I think I want to go get the antibody test. Mm -hmm. I think, so that you get that before you get the actual COVID test and you can find out if you had it back then. Well, I think I kind of know that I didn't have it then. <laughs> so you never know. I mean, we were really sick at the beginning of the year. Uh, pretty much everybody in my house. Yeah. Uh -huh. so, a, lot, a lot of people were. Joanna? Uh, Lisa yeah, that's and Buzz, one of the reasons. Lisa yeah. and Buzz came back. Uh, when we all came back from vacation at the beginning of the year, both Lisa and Buzz came back really sick. Yeah. Yep. That was us, too. We kept getting it and getting better, and it would, we'd get sick again. Huh. Well, uh, best of luck, Joe. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Bye, Papa. See you later. Take care. All right. Well, five weeks. That uh, seems a little bit unreasonable. I mean, and that's a, the, the thing I think is a lot of the people who are saying they haven't gotten the results are from the National Guard uh, places. But 
the one thing that does worry me about the Walmart ones is you it's a self-administered test. Mm-hmm. So you have to do it yourself. So imagine having to stick that Q-tip all the oh. way. Uh, exactly. So a lot of people are saying, like, I don't think I did it correctly. <laughs> because, think, yeah, because yeah, people are saying, I could feel it behind my eyeball. you really got to get in there, man. Exactly. I One, I already know I'm going to be terrified. I'm going to pop my eye out or something. You know, well, I have a pug, so it's always a worry in my life. But, like, I, I would be afraid I wouldn't get it all the way up in there. And that's a, a, something that people are saying they're a little afraid of, too. Like, maybe I didn't go all the way back like I'm supposed to because it is a self-administered test. Uh, So that's the, and that's why a lot of people I know said, well, we went to the National Guard one because they do it for you so you don't mess it up basically. But now those are the people that are waiting, you know, weeks trying to get these results back and they're not getting them back. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, videos going viral online. And it's from a casino in Vegas. And it looks like it's on Rex Chapman's Twitter. And it's of a gentleman sitting at a slot machine. He's got black latex gloves on. He has a what looks like kind of a surgical mask on. But the dude's in Vegas. Dude wants to smoke, right? So it's him. He's not taking the mask off. So it's right up like this the whole time. And he sticks the cigarette in the side so it's sticking out of the corner of his mouth and then I he lights saw the it. Video. And then yes. he starts to smoke the cigarette. Mm-hmm. And one more story here about coronavirus. The pandemic helped cheap domestic beer come back from life support. People had been gravitating towards imports and microbrews, but when the pandemic hit, they wanted the cheaper prices and large pack sizes of the domestic brands. So we are starting to open things up. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I do not vet these as much as Buzz does. I'm willing to admit it. But here you go. Five random facts for your Wednesday. Random fact number one. That was weak. There you go. The path that the Von Trapp family takes to escape from the Nazis in Austria in The Sound of Music would not have led them to Switzerland. Oh. Hmm. Can you think of where it might have taken them? No. It would have taken them to Germany. No. (laughs) That's not the goal there. That is not. Uh, Random fact number two. In the song High Voltage by ACDC, the chord progression of the chords is A- C, D, C. Ah, that's a good one. Random fact number three. (laughs) After a curling match, the winners are supposed to take the losers out for a round of drinks, including the Olympics. So if you ever want to uh, pick up a sport late in life, pick up curling. If you uh, become good at it, guess what? You're buying drinks. Random fact number four. Thousand Island dressing is named after the Thousand Islands region of the St. Lawrence River between the United States and Canada. It was created by a fisherman's wife while he fished in the river. And random fact number five. Jack White from the White Stripes took his wife's last name. Hmm. Meg, that was her last name. Do either of you know what his original... Uh, it's, they say maiden name, but is it really a maiden name if it's a guy? I mean, it could be still. Was it black? Oh, that would have been perfect. <laughs> 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 no, his uh, his original last name was Gillis. Jack 
Gillis. Hmm. And there's your five random facts. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. So last week, uh, we got an email submitted at the website. And uh, we have this gentleman on the line right now, but I'm going to read the email first. It says, I live near Albuquerque and I drive a truck to Las Cruces four days a week, Tuesday through Friday. I usually catch the first couple of hours of the show before losing the signal heading back north. Sometimes I'll listen live on my phone if the conversation is compelling. I'd like to chat with Brandon about the recent George Floyd events. He's made some very interesting comments that have made me rethink my views, especially this morning, which would have been back on uh, 6-5. I'm 60, white, married with two grown children. I suppose that's pertinent to the conversation. My views on the whole Black Lives Matter issue has undergone some serious overhaul in the last few days. I look forward to your reply. Well, now we are replying, Joe. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Are you uh, on the road today or are you? Uh, do you have the day off? I am on the road today. I'm currently in Las Cruces, but uh, I'm parked, so we don't need to worry about that. Okay, good, <laughs> good. Uh, so just give me a quick rundown because I, I had, had had this email forwarded to me um, from our boss, and I was trying to think of what I could have possibly said that would have would have sparked your email and i i honestly couldn't think of anything so what was it specifically um that kind of started you on this path well there was a couple of things uh that we mentioned over the the last week on the show uh one of them was probably one that you don't even remember but you were talking about a cartoon that you could see where someone was saying uh oh i've broken my leg i've broken my leg and then someone else was saying well yeah oh what about my leg leg? yes okay right and that got me to kind of thinking a little bit. And uh, as I say, I, I drive back and forth to Albuquerque four days a week. So I've got about seven and a half hours by myself in a truck every day. And I have a lot of time to do some thinking. Then I believe it was either the next day or it might have even been the, the previous day where you had the uh, the lady that you played the uh, uh, white privilege test, I believe it was. Oh, yeah. And uh, where, where, you know, you were supposed to answer yes or no to the questions. Mm-hmm. So I was listening along to that, and I... I think I only put up one or two fingers, and that got me to thinking a lot about certain things. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've, I I grew up in a family where my parents made sure that uh, my brother and I were, were very, uh, I guess, very, very, very accepting of everyone, regardless mm-hmm. of skin color or anything like that. Uh, my, my parents were, were hard scrabble farmers. They didn't have anything handed to them. And... They made sure, though, that, that we knew that everyone was important, regardless of, of, of any difference that they may have with us. But mm-hmm. where I grew up, there were not a lot of African Americans. And so, quite honestly, until I got into my late teens and early 20s, I was not around a whole lot of African Americans. Growing up in Albuquerque, of course, I was around a lot of Hispanics, so it's not like I wasn't around people who were different than me as far as skin color goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, when the whole Black Lives Matter thing started several years ago, and I started hearing the term white privilege, it kind of frustrated me a little bit, because to me, at that point, what white privilege meant was that as a white person, I had a lot of things handed to me. And nothing could have been further from the truth, because everything that I have, and have my wife and I have worked for in life, we've had to work for very hard. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're doing okay. I mean, we're, in fact, we're doing pretty well. But, but it, it just kind of frustrated me, because every time I was hear white privilege, I would think, well, you've had stuff handed to you, you know, you had all of these opportunities handed to you that, that that nobody else got, and quite frankly, I didn't 
see me as having those opportunities. We, we work for everything. But then when you mentioned the thing about the leg, and then also as I go back to Albuquerque, as I said, I pick up other stations, and, and one of the stations that I will listen to from time to time is Jim Rowe. And he also had a similar thing on there about um, if someone comes to you and says, I'm working to find a cure for cancer, is your response, yes, I'll help you, or well, wait a minute, what about the other diseases that are killing people? And I got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know, when I couldn't answer yes to more than a couple of those questions on the on the Black Lives Matter or the white privilege, I guess it was, the white privilege test, it got me to thinking, and I thought, you know, I've never felt threatened when I've been stopped by a police officer, uh, other than the fact that I didn't want to get a ticket, and believe me, I've, I've been stopped a lot of times. Um, well, I, you, you drive. <laughs> like you exactly. just, it's the sheer amount of time you're on the road is immediately going to up those odds, no, ma- exactly. no matter what you're doing. Exactly. Now, that's not to say that when I pull up to a, to a DOT checkpoint that my heart doesn't start to beat a little faster, but that's just because I don't want to get a ticket. Yeah. Um, but, but I've never once, in, in all the times I've been stopped, I've never once feared for my life. I've never once uh, thought that I was going to make it out of there with anything but, but alive. Um, and I never once had anybody you know, cross the street to avoid being close to me, at least not that I'm aware of, or, or getting out of the elevator, anything like that. So it really got me to think about, you know, maybe I have been looking at this thing wrong. Maybe I really have been uh, not seeing this correctly. And then to tie the whole thing into the Colin Kaepernick deal, um, I'm an avid football fan. I love to watch the NFL like I think most people do. And when I first saw Kaepernick taking a knee, that was an insult to me because my father uh, was in the Marine Corps. I've had many family members who, who have served, and I thought, well, that's an insult to them. That's, that, how, how dare you do something like that? Mm-hmm. But as I thought about it more and read a little more and learned more about it over these past few days, because I've had a real epiphany in these last, in these last few days, here, um, and it's kind of shook my world up a little bit. But as, I, as I've learned about Kaepernick and what he was doing, I thought, you know, I can understand why he's doing what he's doing. So it, it's, it's <laughs> for someone who considers themselves enlightened, which I believe I am. I mean, I've been in a supervisory position uh, in other in other jobs years back in the construction business, and I've never once hired a person based on anything other than ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never once I never once looked at skin color or anything like that. But still, um, this has been this has kind of shook up my world a little bit. And um, I, I guess what I wanted to say to you is thank you. First of all, I mean, uh, sometimes. You may not realize this, but the littlest things that you say can affect someone. Um, I mean, a, a simple little thing about a cartoon that you saw was really what kind of turned the light switch on, or at least started to turn the, the dimmer up for me. And uh, my wife and I over the weekend have had discussions about this, and, and she has, has who felt a lot the same way I did. She's, she's come to see what I'm dealing with, and my brother as well, my older brother as well, he and I have had discussions on this, and, and it's really, it's, as, as I told my wife the other day, I said, it's it's kind of shaken me up a little bit, not for bad or anything like that, just, just the fact that it's kind of turned my world upside down a little bit, and, and now I can understand what everyone is upset about. Um, and it, it, I guess, you know, for, for lack of anything else, it's just given me a whole new outlook on, on the whole situation, and now I can understand why protesters are doing what they do, with the exception of the, of the burning and the looting. But, well, I th- uh, yeah, I think we have to we do have to establish that there's a difference between protesting and rioting. I, I, like, I think that that's a big stipulation that that we need to be able to lock in on and say these two things are not 
one in the same and you can't look at them as one in the same. But I want to go back to what you were talking about when you're in regards to privilege, um, because I, I do believe there's a lot of people out there who have that mentality and it, it would be, you know, white people who when you hear white privilege, it can there are people out there who think that that somehow diminishes the work ethic that they have. And it, right it, in the head. That's, yeah. exactly, that's exactly what I felt. And it, and it means that whatever you have, you didn't work for. You didn't bust your butt. You weren't waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, putting in a 12-hour day, going to school and working at the same time, or doing all of these things that you have done that, that truly have to do with work ethic. And to, that the, the claim of white privilege, I think, there's too many people out there that immediately shut it down because that's what they think that it means. They immediately believe, oh, well, you're poo-pooing everything that I've worked for in my life. That's not the case. You've, you've well, worked hard, but yeah, you're you have to. You're absolutely, yeah, you're absolutely right. And excuse me, there, you're absolutely right because that's exactly how I felt. I thought, I, you know, as, a, as I've already mentioned, and I don't want to be redundant here, but that's, you know, we've, we've had nothing handed to us as a family, and, and we worked very hard. And, and to hear someone say, well, you, it's all white privilege, and I'm thinking, I didn't have a thing handed to me. You know, there, there's been no privilege to it. I mean, as, as I always joke about it, uh, it, it's true, but there was a period of time in, in my life when I was a teenager when, for a brief period of time, we didn't have a home. And so, you know, I'm thinking about that. I think, how, how could that be privilege? But, I mean, through my parents' hard work, we, of course, rectified that situation rather quickly. But uh, it, it, you hit the nail on the head, I guess is what I should say. You hit it right on the head. Well, I, I think that I've, and I, I've said this multiple times on the show, is that everybody has their own unique experiences. Like Lisa, right. Lisa's life is completely different from mine. Joanna's life is completely different from ours. Joe, your life is completely different from everybody else's as well. And I've had the fortunate ability of certain privileges in life. I didn't grow up rich. We didn't have money when I was a kid, though, but I had a very loving family. Um, I had a dad that worked very hard. He earned his degree later on in life, and now he does very well for himself. And I've had that. that. That is a specific advantage that I have had in life. And that may not even come down necessarily to race. That just comes right. down to a specific advantage because of who my family is. But to completely yeah. shut that argument down because you feel that it's doing a disservice to your work ethic is a, is a hurdle I think a lot of people need, need to get over. And I think that people who claim white privilege as well also need to look at that aspect of it and realize there is hard work being put in. But it's, it's again, what makes it difficult is you do have to look at it from all sides and you can't shut down from any direction. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Oh, exactly. You're, you're, you're exactly right. And as I say, this is what's been a little difficult for me because I've always considered myself uh, a, a fairly enlightened person. Again, uh, and you talk about life experiences. I mean, just for the record, my, my wife grew up in Brooklyn. Um, so she has a completely different life experience for me. I mean, she grew up in the, in the inner city, and some of the things that she has mentioned to me seem completely foreign. Um, so it's, yeah, you're absolutely right with life experiences, but I, 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 maybe the label white privilege is, is what really I was hung up on, but, mm-hmm. um, basically the whole purpose of my, my email to you is just to say, sometimes I know you're on the radio five days a week or however often it is, and 
And sometimes you may just be saying something in passing and not even realize what kind of an effect it has on someone. And I just wanted to let you know that that actually did have a huge effect on me. Well, I appreciate that, Joe, and that's one of like, and, and I appreciate that specifically because we're we're working towards the positive. We talked about this yesterday on the air when we were talking about change, and I'm really glad that you're talking about that as well. How your your thought process kind of being shooken up a little bit, and not necessarily in a bad way, but things being shaken up can still be a bit scary to people oh, because it's it's breaking from the norm. It's breaking from what you know and what is comfortable. So the fact that you're willing to embrace that, I commend you greatly for being able to hear something about a, a very heavy topic, but also having the ability to look at it from a different side and being open to it. Because I think far too frequently we hear people complaining or people, people saying something of, to the effect of, well, you need to go into it with an open mind, but I'd be willing to bet they're not. To them, an open mind is, I'm just going to have my points of view ready to go to defend what you're against what you're going to say. That's why I think debates can be very difficult because if you're going into a debate trying to win your side, you're not solving a problem. No. The way to solve the problem is to realize, okay, well, this person They're going through this or they see it from this side. I see it from this other side. Now we need to discuss and find a middle ground. It's not tell me what you think so I can tell you how you're wrong. And I think that's what gets missed so frequently these days. So I commend you very much, Joe, for uh, reaching out and letting us know and then also having a a different kind of spin on things now um, and, and able to look at things a little bit differently. Well, yeah. And, you know, uh, my as I mentioned, I'm 60 years old, so in a lot of ways, I'm I'm set in my ways. So uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's been. It's, I mean, I, I have I have two children who are the same age as uh, as uh, Joanna and Lisa there. So you know, a lot of that will give you a little perspective. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I, I just it, it's it's as I, as I told my wife, I said, it's been a little difficult right now. But uh, it's kind of a strange experience. But but I'll, we'll, we'll we'll work through it, and we'll we'll make it we'll make it better. Yeah, and it's interesting. When you sent that email last week, my um, my my own the, the own negative part of my brain, uh, since you didn't specify exactly what it was, the negative part of my brain immediately went to this guy was already probably a, a, a cool, calm, normal dude, and I somehow turned him racist. Or it's like <laughs> I am my 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 negative at the negative aspect of my brain immediately went to that. I'm like, I'm going to put this guy on the air, and now all of a sudden he's going to tell me how I, I I like he's ready to join the KKK, and like and it was just this really dark path that my brain went down. So no, I'm really glad that's not what happened, Joe. That's that's definitely not what happened. No, <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I, I, no, that. Don't, don't worry about that. But I, and, and as, I, as I mentioned in, in subsequent emails when we traded back and forth there, um, and you yeah, said that you wanted to put me on the air, I'm thinking, well, that's not really what I was looking for. I was kind of looking for like a little email chat back and forth, but I thought, what the heck? We'll, uh, we'll give it a shot here. Uh, so, so there you go. Well, thank you for reaching out, Joe. I definitely appreciate it. Keep in touch, man. And make sure you, so you're headed, you're in Cruces now. You head right back to Albuquerque when you're done? I'm, I'm heading back to Albuquerque as soon as I get off off the air with you. All right. Well, make sure you drive safe and definitely keep in touch, Joe. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, bud. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Well, so there's Joe. I was legitimately concerned wow. that I somehow turned him racist. 
Like that was the first thought yeah, that popped into my head. On me. Yeah, I was like, oh man, I said something. But no, I I I, I, I commend him very much for, for reaching out and calling in because um, when, when I reached back to him and I said, hey, you know, would you want to come on the air? He was like, well, that's not really what I was looking for, but I guess uh, if need be. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Joanna, do you think you listen to more music now than you ever have in your life? Uh, no, I don't think I listen more than I usually do. Well, a new survey found that 81% of Americans have used music to help cope with the added stress of the lockdown. And 85% said listening to music while driving puts them in a better mood. <laughs> I think it depends on the music that you're listening to, right? Yeah. For instance, when Ghost is on, everybody shut up. <laughs> Which Ghost song? Dance Macabre. Ooh, Joanna like a little Dance Macabre. So maybe we should put a little that on for you. <laughs> ah, yeah. Be in the car. Everyone shut up. Well, unfortunately, I do have to talk over it a little bit. But uh, it says here the average American is listening to an extra 38 minutes of music a day right now. Do you listen to podcasts at all, Joanna? I do. Yeah. Uh, how many total different podcasts would you say you listen to? Maybe like six different ones. Do you ever listen to those true crime ones like Dateline and stuff? I love to do my housework to those podcasts. They're crazy addictive, right? Also, do y'all want to do a TikTok with me later? Because oh. I have a great one. Is it wipe? No, 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 no. It's not. Oh, what are we wiping? Have you seen those wipe it down? Wipe. No, what's that? What? You do like Are you dancing over there? What are you doing? What? No, that's any. It's like you wipe. Yeah, you're just wiping like your mirror, but when you wipe it down, you turn into someone different. Oh. And then you wipe it back to who you really are. Interesting. Those are good. No, but I have a different TikTok idea that I need you guys for. I'm in. Uh, Can we till tomorrow, though? Oh, for sure. Because I, I do have to head out uh, right after the show because I need to get home because we're going to do the after oh, buzz right. a little earlier today. We had moved it to noon Mountain Time, but we're going to try to get it on at 1030 Mountain Time today. And the wife is going to be joining me today, fresh off of her birthday party last night. Uh-huh. What did you guys end up doing? Uh, went to the parents' house and just hung out with the same group of people. Nice. <laughs> you know, that we, that we would normally do. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I kept trying to ask her, I'm like, what do you want to do? And because she was at, she's like, are you planning anything? And I was like, no, I'm not. Because <laughs> oh, I mean, we've done some big stuff before. No, there was no. one time we went to a baseball game and I got her name up on the reader board. You know, when they do like the happy okay, birthday. Yeah, yeah. So we got that for her. But this year I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I'm stumped. I just, I can't think of, of what to do. And I'm also not sure with what you would be comfortable doing. So... Uh, gave her her gifts and went over to uh, the in-laws last night. It was a good time. We had fun. Sounds fun. Lisa, you listen to podcasts, right? Not really. Um, would you say you're listening to more music now than you normally have uh, since the lockdown started? Um, Not really, actually. I would say probably I'd watch... I've never been a big movie or TV person. So I've been watching a lot more of that. Okay. Yeah, I would say for us it's a little different because we work in radio. True. Yeah. We're constantly surrounded by it. So I think it's a normal amount. But for people who probably started working from home or maybe they just didn't have a job anymore, 
mm-hmm. they have that extra time to listen to the I did start re-listening to Avenged Sevenfold nice and I kind of just forgot how great they were Avenged Sevenfold is fantastic right it is <laughs> alright so uh, once our ghost song here ends we'll uh, put some of who do you want from Avenged Joanna uh, do we have Scream Ooh, just because I love uh, that nice Scream in the beginning oh we do Ooh. And there's people who are listening right now who are so upset. They're like, oh, you guys are talking over the music. Oh, and it's over. <laughs> Did we talk through the whole song? Yeah. Nice. Um, I See, I think I listen to a lot of things way more than other people do. When I'm at home, a majority of the time I have my headphones in if I'm doing work around the house or if I'm out in the yard working out, going for a run, whatever it is, I have on my Bluetooth headset and I'm listening to either music or podcasts. And um, the podcasts I'll listen to are uh, Joe Rogan or Fake Doctors, Real Friends. That's the podcast of Donald Faison and Zach Braff, which is a brilliant podcast, by the way. They bring back some of the cast like John C. McGinley and uh, Sarah Chalk and Bill Lawrence, the creator of Scrubs. Um, but if you're also looking for podcasts, ours is available. We, we keep getting questions about the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. It is available still. We're just on a brief hold on for Spotify, sure. Apple Podcasts, and uh, Google Podcasts because we changed how we uploaded uh, uploaded them every day. So we had to go through the approval process all over again. Yay. <laughs> so Joanna's getting them done and they are available. If you go to KLAQ.com, that's our flagship station's website. Go to the Listen Live link, and then there you'll see a tab that says uh, the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast, and you'll be able to check that out there. Ah, yeah. Oh, my. It's <laughs> a little earth-shattering. It's Avenged Sevenfold for Joanna. You like that scream? Yeah. Wow. Ooh. I don't know. It gets me into like Very a Pierce. spooky mood. The one that gets me into a spooky mood that's by Avenged Sevenfold is uh, right here. Oh, we have the, they, they cut the intro out oh, on this. Oh, the intro to that one sounds it's the cool. the best. Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. So back to the story here. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, people's listening habit, habits now. It says listening to music is the number way that we like to de-stress in general. Word. 58% of people said it's their go-to coping mechanism. Like Joanna listening to Avenged Sevenfold and Ghost. Mm-hmm. Nightmare. Our top five coping mechanisms, music, then books, exercise, TV or movies, and talking to a friend. I'm totally listening to this when I work out later today. You fr- I just <laughs> love Avenged Sevenfold. It kind of like pumps you up, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of people said that music makes them more productive. I have noticed that if I need to vacuum or uh, go clean up the backyard, wash the dishes, if there's any task that I have to take care of, I find myself significantly more motivated if I have rediscovered a band or some music or there's a new podcast to listen to. Because do you ever get into those kind of audio ruts where it feels like you've listened to everything and there's really nothing else new out there that really intrigues you. Yeah. Like, that'll pop up every now and then. But Event Sevenfold's happening today, man. (laughs) It ain't over yet. 
This is going to be great on the podcast, too, because we can't play the song. I know, but sing it along. So <laughs> we're going to leave it in there. Uh, let me see here. What else? Uh, 39% of us have created a self-isolation playlist during the pandemic to help us through it. And 8 in 10 Americans can't imagine living in a world without music. I couldn't. That means 2 in 10 people can. Stop and think about it that way. Mm -hmm. That seems very odd. But speaking of stress, we're going to talk about five things that therapists do when they are stressed out. We have that coming up. Plus, uh, we're going to get to entertainment news with Joanna Barba. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. We're kind of talking about stress and ways to cope with it. A lot of people rely on music. Does everybody here have kind of a stress playlist that you listen to? Hmm. Or like a specific band or song? Or is it just kind of whatever is uh, in the moment? I wouldn't say I have a stress playlist, no. I guess I do have one that, like a playlist that I'll instantly just go to when I'm like, well, what am I going to listen to? Yeah, I, I, I think I've actually have a couple of those playlists. Over in the Facebook chat, our good friend Antonio Banderas, he says, when I'm listening to music, it will be nothing that plays on the radio. Can't stand hearing Paranoid ever again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you knew it was going to happen, right? This one's for you, Antonio. All right. So we have five more things here that therapists do when they are stressed out. Number one, try repeating a mantra. Write down some phrases you associate with strength and then repeat them out loud several times in a row. Is that something either of you could ever see yourselves doing? I do it all the time here when Buzz annoys me and I go, I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Lisa? What was the question, bro? <laughs> okay, you know we're live on the air, right? Yeah. Okay. No. I, yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I don't have like a, a playlist or anything. Like, I just kind of listen to whatever. No, we moved on from that. Okay, I wasn't listening then. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we're talking about five more things that therapists do when they're stressed out. Number one on the list, it's try repeating a mantra. I do not have a mantra. But is that something you would ever consider doing? Like, I mean, let's say your stress hits max level. Is that something you would consider doing? No. Anywhere on that list, does it say just like sit in a corner and cry? Yeah. Anywhere down the list, does it say mm. I, I pull a joint and just go, mm, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Number four. Hold on. We'll get to that. Yeah. You're, that's Ooh. number four on this list here. Uh, number two, take a break from the news and social media and do something good for yourself, like reading or heading outside. Sometimes you just need a break from that stuff to clear out our heads and put things in perspective. Joanna, do you ever step away from TikTok? Yeah. Because I'm just like, how do these kids look at that house? That's their parents' house. <laughs> And the next one on the list here is uh, practice gratitude. 
stay present and try to be grateful for what you have right now in the moment. It works best if you do it every day. Just think of three or four things you're grateful for. The more specific, the better. And writing them down helps as well. Joanna uh, said that she loves her job. That would be the mantra. And that would also be probably uh, some gratitude that she'd be writing down. Can you think of anything else? I am grateful for the coffee that Lisa brings. There you go. You're welcome. And that's nice and specific as well. Didn't hear it making this morning, though. Did you make it before the show? I did. No, not before the show. I I turned my mic off when it was happening. See, I think it adds to the ambiance. Like, like I remember the first time we heard it bubbling, Buzz. I was like, gonna say it did not add to the ambiance because you and Buzz both look so annoyed, and I'm texting Joanna like, bro, I you know, can hear all, it. Hey, can you guys hear it? And Lisa texts me back. No, I yes, because well, originally I didn't know what it was. Oh, Buzz was like really. No, you full on threw like, your hands up, Brandon, because I saw it, and that's when I was like, Bra- Joanna, and turn Buzz it down. immediately like gave me the death stare, <laughs> uh, and, and I just started laughing because I'm sitting like, and I'm just like, I'm turning my mic off, gurgling. Uh, here you go. Here's number four. This one's for you. Connect with other people and vent. Just talking to someone can help. Or even just verbalizing your concerns out loud to yourself might work. I verbalize my concerns out loud to my cats. Yes. <laughs> the point is to talk it out and see things from another angle. They don't respond, do they? Sometimes they just go, <laughs> and I'm like, I know. And this is, called a t- is a technique called cognitive reframing. Okay. And then number five on this list, remember that anxiety is natural. Some people get anxious just being, uh, get anxious just about being anxious. So sitting with it for a while can sometimes help by normalizing it in your brain. It gets easier to deal with when you remember anxiety is a part of life. This brings me back to that, uh, the one limited series that they have on Netflix called The Mind Explained. And it goes into memory, it goes into anxiety, it goes into mindfulness, and it goes into all these aspects of the brain. And it was one of the reasons I took, I, I really have focused on making sure that I'm meditating every single day now. And I even went with the Calm app. I tried Headspace, I didn't like it. If you like it, if that's for you, by all means, go check it out. Um, and I've been documenting it over at buzzadamshow.com. So if you want to join on in, come on over. We've got, uh, we've got room for you. And trust me, it definitely helps out when it comes to stress and uh, dealing with a lot of different things in life. And really quick, we'll check out buzzadamshow.com. Lisa's got her article up there about forest fence, hidden treasure. We still don't know who got it or where it was. I think the bigger question for us is where it was, right? Yeah. We want to know where it was hidden for all these years that nobody could find it. He, when did he hide it? 2010? Yes. Okay. So it was about a decade or so, 10 years that, uh, 10 years that it was out there for somebody to find. Uh, you can also check out the, uh, our, our Mount Rushmore of wrestlers if you want to get upset about it because <laughs> this was a list that was never going to please even remotely close to the majority of people because there are so many wrestlers to choose from. And we had people on Monday saying you should narrow it down to decade or you should narrow it down to WWE or uh, some order, uh, some other wrestling federation. And it was just... And we narrowed it down to what Joanna knows. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. And there was one on there. That, so the, the obvious ones, I would say, were probably uh, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, the Rock, and then the fourth one. If you want to go check that out, head on over to buzzadamshow.com. That was the one that caused a bit of a stir. 
And Joanna has yeah. the, uh, an article up about Chris Evans. He's reacting to an Endgame clip. This is amazing. So you know that part in Endgame where he's about to defeat Thanos, but boom, Thanos like kicks his ass. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we're just thinking, well, he's done for. He did all he could. And then all oh, of a sudden we hear, Cap, on your on left. Your left. Oh. And then all the portals start opening. I up. still get goose. I'm watching the clip right now. I know. Right? Um, still the one that, yeah, the, the the Twitter from Jamel Hill uh, that has the uh, um, it, it portrays uh, the, Captain yeah, America as the, the protesters. protesters who kind of feel defeated. And then that first portal opens up, and it's T'Challa, and it it makes him out to be donators, Twitter awareness, petition makers. I love that the Scarlet Witch like wishes. The why is Amish? I was gonna say, why is <laughs> the, the Falcon Batman? I know. I well, is that because, is somebody, that because of that back Batman that showed up? Yeah, at the, yeah. Okay. The Batman that showed up, and it's just everybody. Every time the portal opens, it's Elmo. somebody who has Star come Lord's out. Elmo. <laughs> Elmo. Elmo has come out in this. Um, it's great, and it portrays kind of Thanos as the police and. The Amish come out in it. It's Doctor Strange and celebrities using their platform and protesting. And it's just every time the portal opens, it's somebody else who has come out in support of this movement. And it gives you chills. So, uh, you know, I don't know who originally made it. The person who originally made it, I guess, hasn't come out yet. But Yvette Nicole Brown uh, tweeted out to Chris Evans, who is very active on Twitter, by the way. should follow him. Uh, And she says, hey... Twitter boyfriend, I don't know if you've seen this, but somebody wanted me to make sure that you've seen this. And he replied back saying, I have now. It's fantastic. Thank you for sharing it with me. Oh, there you go. I love Chris Evans. <laughs> How can you not? Like, he seems as, uh, like a truly genuine person. I know. I can't look at him. He's too pretty. <laughs> uh, also, at buzzadamshow.com, I put up an article about how to properly cook a steak. The advice comes from Evan Funky. He is a Los Angeles-based chef. His specialty is actually pasta, but he was recently on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking about how to cook a steak. And he said that that sometimes, depending on what he's doing, it will take up to an hour to cook a steak. He says one of the things that you should do is uh, high heat. You you do it for uh, really quick, and then you take it off and you give it a break. You do it really quick, and then you take it off, and then you give it a break. Um, but one of the more interesting things that he talked about was how to cook a T-bone. And what he said to do is put it on the bone's edge. So mm-hmm. rather than, so you see how my hand, Joanna, here? So I've got my hand that's flat. Mm-hmm. And you would think, you know, steak, and then you flip, and then it goes like this. Yeah. Well, if this is the, the bottom part of the bone, you actually cook it like this. Okay. And what he says is the heat heats up the bone and then it distributes that heat evenly throughout the entire steak. And then depending on how you want to cook it, you can cut off other portions and separate them uh, so that they're different, you know, whether it's, you know, medium rare or or rare, whatever it may be for your steak. Uh, But it was really interesting and I put the video up there as well. I think it's about maybe seven or eight minutes long if you want to see some steak cooking tips from uh, Los Angeles-based chef Evan Funky up at buzzadamshow.com. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Entertainment news with Joanna Barba. What do we have going on in the entertainment world, Joanna? 
Well, the AMC theater chain laid out an ambitious plan on Tuesday to have almost all of its theaters open sometime in July. The plan includes partnering with companies like Clorox to create theater environments as safe and clean as possible, while educating theater goers, theater goers on how to keep safe and looking into high-tech sanitation techniques that include the use of electrostatic sprayers, HEPA vacuums, and wherever possible, upgraded air ventilation filters. AMC reported a staggering $2.2 billion loss in the first quarter Oof. on Tuesday as a result of the global theatrical shutdown. With, with a B, right? With a B, a billion. billion. Well, uh, as for the ban on Universal movies, AMC CEO says that relations with Universal are warm. And quote, while we are in active dialogue with Universal, no movies made by Universal Studios are currently on our docket. Is that because of the whole troll thing? Because Was it Universal that did that? And yeah, because uh, I think they will be releasing another movie through that platform hmm. rather than having a theatrical release. So Trolls World Tour, which, by the way, I believe Ozzy Osbourne plays the King of Rock. Oh, Trolls, how cute. I think. He does. And... They released that straight to like on demand. Yep, they did, and it made it, a ton of money. And AMC was not that. happy about it. So Universal was like, "Hey, we may just do both in the future." To which AMC was like, "Nah, dude, that was not the plan." <laughs> the Paramount Network announced on Tuesday that it has canceled its long-running reality series Cops dude. after 32 seasons. The move comes in the wake of nationwide protests following the death of George Floyd. The show's 33rd season, scheduled to launch on Monday, was delayed amid protests against police brutality. Paramount hasn't aired any episodes of the show since at least June 1st. What is canceling it going to do? I guess never show it again. Well, that, but see, that's the thing is that the cops, it always it, it gave a perspective where, A, you knew whatever was happening was going to be on film, right? And that's mm -hmm. something we clearly need at this point. But it also gave a police officer's perspective. Well, and I think also one of the things is, too, is that there was one of the first shootings that was caught on camera was on cops. And it was a man with a knife going down the road. And I remember that they they had it all. They were filming. They were there and they were going forward. And when the guy turned around to stab the officer, he shot him in self-defense. And I remember they even said that, that they had that on camera showing that this officer, what, they were doing everything they could up until that moment. Mm -hmm. They were following him. They were trying to talk to him. They were trying to de-escalate the situation. And it wasn't until he physically turned around within close contact with that cop and tried to stab him that they ended up having to shoot him. And they said they're like that evidence right there cleared the officer of any wrongdoing because of the fact that they had that following. So I don't think it's a good idea to get rid of shows like Cops or Live PD. The only thing I could think of is it does give a little bit of what, like, if it bleeds, it leads. So the mm -hmm. more dramatic the arrests are, the more dramatic the pull, pulling someone over is, um, I could see them saying that's not beneficial, that's not helping either the police sure. or the public. But the actual act of following them, showing them in their day-to-day -day lives, I think that's something you need right now to humanize them mm -hmm. because people aren't, people are so scared, but also people are saying, you know, F the police altogether. Defund, defund the police. Yeah. I and I another think, point. It's like, really? 
Yeah, I think this is one of those where, like, it's almost like, okay, well, let's see. What what do the police do? What are these, the money going toward? Tell me about the budget. Because I'm, I'm just getting so frustrated with people online who just keep sharing these memes. I'm going to have you look them up. You can't just say defund the police. I'm like, okay, well, what's next then? Where do you want to put it? Where do you want to put that money? Show me what your your game plan is. Show me your five-year plan with what you want to do to uh, getting, quote-unquote, to defund the police. You're going to make yourself nuts if you think everybody's actually going to come up with that. And that's what's frustrating me is because people <laughs> just keep arguing because I put up two different things on my Facebook and told people that. And I was like, hey, pro-defund and anti-defund, give me your perspective. perspective. What, what do you think? And give me a solution. And everyone just keeps keeps putting up Instagram memes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, is oh, this that from... Helps. Yeah, I was like, is this from Pew? Is this from NPR? Is this from a scholarly journal? Is this from... And no, nobody is... And then they're like, well, read this article. This one came from Brat Bart. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a nice Vice article. Here's a nice... I'm like, none... Like, the one... I think a perfect example was there was a guy who was on who's a protester at one of the things and somebody asked him, hey, what do you think about this? And Ava DuVernay actually put this up and he said, he's like, how about this? When a cop is involved in a police shooting, instead of us putting on them on paid administrative leave and we're paying for that out of our tax dollars, how about they don't get paid? They're just on administrative leave and pending a full investigation. We don't pay for that out of our own pockets. And then on top of that, maybe that'll have some sort of an accountability towards the officer because they don't want to go an amount of time without getting paid. And a deterrent. But the fa- it wasn't even, you can be against that or for that, but the fact that he had something to bring to the table is mm-hmm. what I appreciated. Yeah. At, for Going back to the cops thing, too. Man, I remember as a kid, that was the go-to show yeah. when our whole family was together. My dad's side of the family, we've been hanging out on Saturday night. Cops was what was on the TV. And it was years later when I was an adult. I still, this is the one that truly stands out to me is that they had pulled this guy over for... Um, it was swerving and you know not stopping. Basically, the guy ended up being drunk, and they finally get him to exit his truck, and they get him to come to the back, and he's he's up against like the the bed, and they're trying to get him to put his hands behind his back, but he's not. He just he's struggling. The guy is just not mm-hmm. not doing, it. and he's a big dude. He's like six six. Like he's towering over these police mm-hmm. officers. And so the officers finally step back and they're like, sir, if you don't cooperate and put your hands behind your back, we are going to tase you. And they gave him like three warnings and the guy would not do it. So finally, the officers made sure they weren't touching him and they said, go ahead. And then, bow, and it zaps him and he slams to the ground. So they jump on top and they handcuff him. And then when they get the guy finally up, he goes, man, I've been shot. I've been stabbed. I've been punched in the face. But that hurt. <laughs> nice. Well, A&E also pulled last weekend's episodes of its real-time cop reality series, Live PD. And a spokesperson for Discovery ID channels uh, ha- for their similar show, Body Cam, says that it is also off the schedule for the foreseeable future. Yeah, just postpone it. You don't have to cancel them completely. Yeah, I would say postpone them. It's mm-hmm. not the right time. But I also think that those shows are essential for showing officers. Yeah, they serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. All right, what else we got, Joanna? 
Well, finally, in response to a petition made by screenwriter John Ridley, who did 12 Years a Slave, HBO Max has removed Gone with the Wind from its streaming catalog. The classic 1939 film has long been criticized for its somewhat romantic reimagination of the antebellum South. However, Ridley's June 8th op-ed to the Los Angeles Times reinvigorated calls for the film to be removed. The screenwriter says, quote, It is a film that, when it is not ignoring the horrors of slavery, pauses only only to perpetrate some of the most painful stereotypes of people of color. While Ridley asserted that he does not believe in censorship, he suggested that after a respectable amount of time has passed, that the film be reintroduced to the HBO Max platform, along with other films that give a more broad-based and complete picture of what slavery and the Confederacy truly were. Ridley also noted that currently there is not even a warning or a disclaimer preceding the film. An HBO Max spokesperson says Gone with the Wind will eventually return to the platform with a discussion about how its historical context and denouncement of its racist depictions. I have an idea. Here's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. You need to make it so that you have to watch certain things before you unlock Gone with the Wind. You have to watch 12 (laughs) Years a Slave. Levels. (laughs) Yeah, you have to watch Glory. You have to watch Amistad. Like, there's specific other things that you need to get through to unlock. That's not a bad idea. And it's like, watch all this before you start seeing Gone with the Wind. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, with entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Oh, we're winding down to the end of our Wednesday show. Cappy joins us now, though. Hey, Cappy. Good morning. Good morning. Something I want to talk about, and we're not going to do this now. We're going to do this coming up here before we wrap up the show. A study finds that playing hard to get really works. So we'll be talking about that coming up. But I wanted to spend a couple of minutes here with you, Cap, about sports and kind of the the stuff that we have going on again it seems to be the thing that's leading sports almost on a daily basis now until the actual sports do come back it's major league baseball and do you think we're going to get the season because the latest proposal was an 89 game season with expanded playoffs where 16 teams are going to make it the opening round would be a best of 3 series but this isn't just for this season the expanded playoffs would also be for 2021. So do I you- just have a feeling that when it's all said and done, despite all the back and forth, they're going to figure this out. I just, I have such a hard time um, that I, I can't possibly imagine a scenario where baseball is the only sport not to come back because players and owners can't come to an agreement. It just sounds, it just sounds crazy. Now they're wasting a lot of time with all this back and forth nonsense. Mm-hmm. I wish they would just come to some some kind of an agreement sooner rather than later. But I mean, it's good they've they've each exchanged proposals that they've turned down in the last twenty four hours, and maybe that'll spark something uh, spark something new. Well, that's the hope. Uh, and then as far as the NBA is concerned. Um, they're, so the, the plan now is they're going to kick things off in July and then this season will wrap up at the end of October. But they're already planning on training camp starting around November 11th because they want the next season to start on December 1st. So there would be almost no offseason whatsoever for the NBA. Do you see them pushing that back? 
Yeah, I was. I, I think there's going to be kind of maybe a condensed 2021 season. I think that because of this situation, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if the NBA makes next season a little different just to balance everything out. So I do think a condensed season makes sense. I really do. So as far as what does that mean, um, you know, maybe they decide – that they push training camp back a little bit and they uh, instead figure out a way to you know, give players a little more rest. But during the process of the season itself next year, they won't have as many off days as they normally would just to get everything in. Well, remember that was always more back to backs. Yeah, I was going to say that was one of the thing. Uh, one of the things that was always a big contingency for the players was they don't want to be playing so many back to backs or uh, three and four night Games four and five nights. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is why. This is why next year I think the words "load management" are going to oh, yeah. uh, reach an all new meaning. I really do. I think guys are going to be sitting out like crazy. Otherwise, they're going to be completely gassed before the playoffs hit. The one thing that they could do is they could shorten the playoffs by removing so many dates in between games. The NBA playoffs mm-hmm. seem to take forever. And don't you think they can the just way, remotely? Uh, of course, if they're expanding it, it's going to take even longer because. Or no, I'm sorry, because I was I was actually mix, mixing uh, baseball with basketball there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they're if they're looking, it, it, it all short, bl- it all blends in right now. When you have no does. sports, everything everything blends together. So I did, really I did By see the way, a headline: the MLS is coming back. Yep, they are. So is USL. I mean, there's a lot of soccer's back, and that's good news. It's definitely going to be back next month. Do. Um, do Lisa and Joanna have any idea whatsoever what the words load management mean <laughs> in sports? Steve, I think you know the answer to that. I know. Sounds Could you like even take a, a guess? Personal question. <laughs> Sounds like a personal and question. It's not, uh, uh-huh. it's not a. It, it is not an off the uh, field or off the court issue. Is it? Do, do you have issues with load management? Is that what we're hearing? <laughs> Steve, it's okay. This is a you know, this is an open forum. We're all friends here. Any advice on how to fix that? <laughs> Does your load need no, some the, management? The, how um, do you the, fix the your words, load management issues? The, the, load the word load management. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it means that in sports, okay, athletes are voluntarily taking off games and skipping games because they believe that if they're able to lessen their load of playing games, it'll make them more fresh come the postseason for the playoffs. So it used to be where players prided themselves on playing an entire season, never missing games. Now, especially in the NBA, the big stars are voluntarily saying that, um, you know, if it's an 82-game season, I will miss this game, even if I'm healthy, just to give myself, uh, just to make sure that I am better for the playoffs. So that's what the words load management mean in in, uh, sports and in basketball. Does that make any sense to you? Thank you for that. Marvelous. (laughs) Well, now we all know what load management is. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Steve Kaplowitz joining us. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Brandon. Are you planning on taking a road trip? Is that why you're asking about portable DVD players? 
Yeah, we have one, but it's uh, it's on its last legs. So I was going to ask you if you had any good recommendations for me. You have a, you have a, a daughter that's close to the same age as mm-hmm. as mine, so uh, my son. So I figured, you know, you always ask around, and didn't realize you've gone the complete digital route. Good for you. Yeah, it's it comes in really handy. Um, they're really affordable. I think we got her the Amazon Fire version. The thing you got to be worried about, or not worried about, but you just have to be aware of is. They can, de- I mean, it's it's all only apps that are, are designated for a specific age group. Like you set mm. what you, what they have access to and they can. It's actually good though. Yeah. Well, but, and then they can download kind of whatever they want. And uh, my kid's tablet reached its limit. So I got to go in and start gutting that thing and cleaning it out because it is uh, completely crammed full of stuff at this point. There you go. We've done a, we look, we have the iPad, um, which, you know, he's used, but you know, here's the thing. If you buy a DVD and then you decide you want to buy a movie for the iPad, it's like you're spending the same you're spending double the price for the same thing. Yep. So, it's almost like pick your poison. Do you want to go the DVD route uh, when you're taking a trip or do you want to go the digital uh, the digital movie route? So, I get I get exactly what you're saying. And one of the thing is too is you if you have Netflix or Disney Plus, you can download directly from those streaming services so that you do have access to them for a road trip. That's a good point. What do you, do you get them for like a couple days? Is that how it works? No, it just it's however long it's it's there. It's you just you download it directly to the tablet. Oh, so you could actually through Netflix take movies and directly download that. I never, yep. I've never done that, and I should probably start to think about doing that more often. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah, it comes in really handy. Um, okay, something I wanted to play here really quick. I just kind of stumbled on this. It was something uh, that it's it says here's a way back Wednesday from the Andy Griffith show where someone asks. The sheriff, why he doesn't carry a gun. Sheriff Taylor, why don't you carry a gun? Oh, I don't know. When a man carries a gun all the time, the respect he thinks he's getting might might really be fear. So I don't carry a gun because I don't want the people of Mayberry to fear a gun. I'd rather they would respect me. A little wave ahead of its time there. Wow from the Andy Griffith show. All right, moving on. I, just, I, just, I didn't want to get too much into that. I did just want to kind of play that to see. Um, but just to, to get it out there so that people were able to hear it. I thought it was worth hearing. I do want to get into this study, though, that found that playing hard to get really works. I mentioned this to Cappy. And uh, what, what was it you told me? I, could, I mean, I could definitely, I could see it. I think that, Probably makes a lot of sense. A lot of people I knew, um, the the harder the guy played to get, the more the woman wanted him. So I could see that. I really could. I apparently played hard to get with my wife almost too much. I didn't even go in for the first kiss until the fifth date. And this was after she texted me, hey, I'm waiting for my kiss. And then I went in, went in strong and fast on that kiss. It might, might have been a little too much. Text you like <laughs> you were in front of her. No, or? no, 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 no. I think this was after maybe our fourth date. Oh, okay. And it was because you know every time that the date would wrap up, we would be like, hey, that was fun. Let's do this again. And then she threw in an extra text that said, hey, I'm I'm waiting for my kiss. And I've tried, and she's asked me before. She's like, why did you wait so long? He's all, you're all. I am a gentleman. Well, eh. 
He's like, I just didn't know. <laughs> I didn't. You, if you want the, the God's honest truth. I misread truth, the signs. Yeah. The, the God's honest truth, I didn't want to screw it up. Because there had been times before where I may have read signals wrong and it just, it, it didn't work out. And I was, I, I kept, I, like, I, like, I knew almost from the moment I met her. I'm like, I'm going to marry this woman. And I, 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 I would always talk myself out of it. I'm like, don't, don't force it. Don't move too fast. And, and, and it, but ultimately, what ended up happening was it, she had to call me out on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, at least it had a happy ending. Look at True. it that way. You know? Yes, lots of them, too. Uh, gross. Anyway, so the study oh, finds that God. playing hard to get really works. Do you want to talk about more of your load unloading <laughs> your again, load Steve? Your load management. First off, it's called load management. Load it's management. An NBA. It is a basketball Steve's issue. Load needs management. <laughs> it it's a, a basketball, basketball issue. issue. You know what? I like sure. your wife, and I, this is a very disturbing conversation. I apologize <laughs> you to Karen. To me? Would you, I apologize would you please, for your husband. Can you please get, you, can you get your head out of the gutter? <laughs> For one minute, you can you there. get your head out of the gutter? <laughs> you, you started this. That's true. You kind of did, Steve. You brought up I the just, loading and the managing. I, I just asked them what it, what they thought mm-hmm. it meant, and mm-hmm. I should have known that that in sports. By the way, I did not ask in. Yeah, that's really things. on you. Okay. What about wide load Ugh. management? Is that an issue as well? <laughs> I'm just wondering. That's uh, only works with truckers. Okay, that's, Buzz, make that's sure. Buzz's problem. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that. He's not here to defend himself. But anyway, so there's a study that finds that playing hard to get really works. According to a new study by psychologists at the University of Rochester in New York, playing hard to get really works when it comes to dating. One of the researchers says, quote, playing hard to get makes it seem as if you're more in demand. We call it having higher mate value. And there's more to this. Another researcher said, quote, people who are too easy to attract may be perceived as more desperate. That makes them seem less valuable and appealing. Would you ladies agree with that? Yeah. Do you find do you find yourselves and it might not even be a conscious thing, but do you find yourselves if there's somebody that you like, you're almost more attracted to them if they're playing hard to get, or have you noticed if you play hard to get, you get pursued more? I don't think I mean to play hard to get. I'm just genuinely not interested. Which then signals guys like, oh, I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna <laughs> like continue fighting for her love. <laughs> I'm just like, to which I'm cool. like, no, yeah, <laughs> stop it. I'm just like, have oh. you ever, have you ever had to tell somebody, look, you know, don't misread the signs. I just, I, I don't want to offend you, but I, I, I'm not interested. Have you ever done that? Yes. And they're like, no, you like me. Really? And no, I'm I, like, no, I just told you. I usually just ignore them unless, yeah, no, usually I just ignore them. But remember, that's that sort of creepy um, old movie trope that we talk about where it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to stop. It's the Screech and Lisa Turtle complex. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep trying until she eventually caves in. My wife texted me, by the way. Is she like she stop said, spilling our No, she says our daughter is hearing this. Oh, my <laughs> God. And she was like, you asked for a first kiss? Oh, I thought we were going to have to explain load management. Again. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so sorry. It is a uh, a ball, ba- basket, baseball. It's a, ba- it's a sports <laughs> term. It's, it's a basket, it's a basket baseball. baseball. 
You know, there was a movie called Basketball, so that's good. You're you're in the same ballpark. Load management, Sweet. baby. And then my wife did say, in my defense, you moved really slow. I did. And I thought I, I, thought I was trying you're to... You're a llama gentleman. Yeah, I was trying to make that clear. No, I just... I, I, did, I didn't want to screw it up. I, I really, really liked her from the get-go. And... I was scared that if I tried to move too fast, because after going on dates with her, I, I, I picked up on the fact that she's like a good Catholic girl that I don't I don't want to try to scare away, I guess, was what I was trying to avoid. But ultimately, it worked out. Got to celebrate a birthday last night, by the way. It was great. Hey. Um, my wife is even in the uh, Facebook chat now. In my defense, you did move really slow. <laughs> um, hey, where's Karen? I, she hasn't texted me yet, and it's really offensive. Let's ask Karen. People are calling she's chat. Getting Steve, ready did for you? Us. She's got, listen, she's getting ready for a class. She's got a. Uh, she, she's going to be doing a uh, EPCC class here in the next less than 10 minutes. So Steve, she's probably did you play hard to that. get? Uh, oh, boy, this would take a lot longer than three minutes of a segment to try to explain how that relationship went. Um, I will say Give that when we started tomorrow, yeah, we'll go we started, with us. When we started dating, it did take, uh, I, I waited. I wanted to make sure that this was going to be, that, that Karen was the one. So I didn't want to jump into it too soon. So I did wait five months before I told her that I loved her. That lady is called load management. <laughs> Damn it, I know we could wrap up the show now, but we still have like three minutes to fill. So continue, Steve. Tell us more about it. (laughs) No, it was the truth. We we um we started dating in in May and I think October is when I is when I said that. (laughs) She just wrote back and said it's a long story. Girl, it is a long story. And some of it is not Steve, you were and playing it's not hard to suitable. Get? It's not suitable for the radio. Not all of it is suitable. Why? For the radio. What did you is, do? Can't, can't explain it. But look, it had a happy ending. We've been married now. <laughs> total of We've been married now uh, thirteen years. So mm-hmm. it's been uh, it's Most been great. Or fourteen years. Fourteen years actually. So mm-hmm. it's been good. Tell us how that next and, text comes. From and we've been together yeah, 16. I'm, I'm sending her a picture of years? me sipping tea. Oh, <laughs> Uh, we're also getting some people calling out Steve, uh, saying, what's a DVD player? You just fossilized yourself before our very eyes. <laughs> Jesus. I had a feeling that would be the case. Yeah, but hey, I mean. Is it next to the VHS player in your Chrysler Mini Grand Caravan or yeah, what? Yeah, the 8-track. No, it's right next to the 8-track, right nice. which is all queued up by, by the reel-to-reel machine. And we've got everything <laughs> growing here good at the house. <laughs> no, but if, if, I, I seriously, um, mm-hmm. I, I do recommend... Um, if you if they have very affordable tablets for kids, it comes with um, its own sort of case that's just the plastic foam. So if it's getting dropped, it's fine. And if you go with the Amazon as well, you're also able to um, uh, they will replace it regardless of what happens to it. So if for some reason it gets broken or busted or doesn't function anymore. Amazon will replace it, um, no questions asked, which is something okay. that's great. And we haven't even had to uh, go down that path yet because my kids are still working. Thank God. And you can your go to Disney Plus and working? Netflix. The, the kids, oh, my kids oh. is still working, like her tablet. Oh, I thought you said you were like, your kid was like, what, what are you doing to her? What's she doing this summer? How's she working? I'm putting it to work. What are you paying her? <laughs> we, have, uh, we got some that's gravel really that needs good. to be placed in the backyard. If you need any yard Happy work done, let me know. Free, okay. yeah. yeah, she's mowing the lawn right now, actually, and pulling weeds. That's a great way to do it. That's yes, she's mowing the lawn. Little does she know it's artificial turf. 
<laughs> All right, we're going to wrap up today's show. Uh, Joanna, not here tomorrow, as she has to take care of a cat Oh, issue. I forgot about that. <laughs> Oh, that's That's right. why I was asking Joanna Lisa. forgot about so it. Something, forgot. And that's why I was asking Lisa. Something I want to do tomorrow is I'm going to bring up sports terms. Woo! And so Lisa and I are going to play a little game. And it's going to be, I'm going to give her a sports term that has uh, uh, innuendo, I guess. And, like, a, um, like load management? Like load management. It's a perfect example. I'm going to give her a the term. And she has to tell me what sports. She doesn't have to say what the term means. Just give me the sport that it is associated with. So we'll have that coming up tomorrow morning on the Buzz Adams Morning Show.